OPN Ask an Angel podcasts are conversations with global angel investors and venture capitalists. We explore how to invest, understanding investment strategies, and approaches to due diligence. Join us and learn what it takes to be a startup or what it takes to invest in the next great company. Welcome to the Supporters Fund, Ask an Investor. I'm your host, Jeffrey Poffin. And let's please welcome Nicholas Ruhanna, CEO of IM Funding, ISOC, Eban Angels, as our investor for today. Welcome, Nicholas. It's a real pleasure having you join us. Thank you, JP, for having me. Glad to be here. Well, I'm pretty excited to have you here, Nicholas, because we've had the opportunity to, I guess we'll say, travel the world somewhat. We met uh, in Egypt. And then um, when I was uh, traveling through uh, Lebanon, I was able to to come check out and uh, spend some time with yourself. And one, I find uh, the country to be absolutely a beautiful country. So I'm excited to kind of dive into all these great things that you've been doing over the last 20, 30 years inside of Lebanon and uh, pretty excited to jump in. So the way we like to start our show off is uh, we want to learn a little bit more about you. So perhaps you can share a bit of your background. Um, obviously, from the days, your education side, from being in Paris all the way through to uh, spending the last 20, 30 years working as an accelerator and really driving some uh, amazing opportunities in, in the Lebanon ecosystem. And then one thing about you that nobody would know. Ah, <laughs> okay. Nobody, nobody. I mean, <laughs> listen, uh, I, I was born in Accra, Ghana. <laughs> I surprised you, JP. You didn't know that. I did <laughs> so not. Gonna, you want me to go all the way back? So I, I have roots, <laughs> you know, as far as outside Lebanon. So my grandfather actually was born in, in, in Ghana. So did my father and then me and my, my sisters. And we moved back to Lebanon. Uh, you know, primary school was in, uh, in Accra, in Ghana. And, uh, and then we came back in the early 80s. To finish up, you know, secondary school and university in uh, back in Beirut. So voila, <laughs> and uh, so I I'm Ghanaian by birth and, and obviously with Lebanese uh, uh, blood. And then my education, I mean, I I did uh, a uh, computer and telecommunication engineer in Beirut, and then uh, I went to France and did a PhD. So my first life was, you know, I was associate professor at the St. Joseph University in faculty of engineering in my 10 years after my, my graduations, you know, and then the university, uh, which is a French speaking university, is, is the St. Joseph University and it belongs to the Jesuits. And, and what they did when the, the, they wanted to go into, you know, the, 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 the third millennium the, the, in the 2000, and then they wanted to like make a, a dent in the economy in Lebanon, not just education, but in the education. So they came up with the first uh, technology pool or business development center or technology incubator called Peritech 2000. And it was, it was uh, within the campus and I was lucky enough to be part of the, uh, the founding team of this uh, technology incubator. Uh, and then, you know, so I had two offices, one at the faculty of engineering and one as the incubator uh, manager you know, across the street on campus. So I had to deal with, uh, you know, the um, students, engineering students, and on the other side, entrepreneurs, whether they came from the, uh, the campus or from, you know, outside campus, any, any walk of life. So I started, you know, uh, uh, helping entrepreneurs, uh, you know, as I did with the students, obviously, but, you know, entrepreneurs are a different type of, of but it's, it's the same, you know. I used to tell students, you know, you come in 
uh, at, at the university and you get all the support over three, four years and then you graduate as a successful you know, student. Same for the incubator because at the time it was like uh, something that people didn't understand. You know, it was really the early days of, of, of these types of words. You know, so it was semantics that no one really understood. And so I told them it's like you come in as an entrepreneur and you sit three to four years as well in the incubator with all the support that we give you and then you graduate as a, a typical, you know, a, a, a good startup and that flourishes. So, so I had two hats. I had two bosses at the time. So I had the dean of faculty of engineering, who was my boss at the, at the faculty. And then I had the, the chairman and CEO of Veritech, my second boss. You know, so it was really very hard to, to deal with both because, you know, it was not easy to coexist. But this is another story. <laughs> it's behind us now. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, voilà, so I picked up the activity uh, in, in, in Veritech, you know, and then slowly I started to shift, you know, to, to this side of, uh, of, uh, of the life. So I left my previous life and, you know, started in the, the finance and the incubation, you know, and supporting entrepreneurs, mentoring, et cetera, you know, coming up with, with incubation awards, you know, startup weekends. And we, we really, I mean, did it all, you know, it was like 20, 23 years ago. So can you imagine really, really the, the beginning of these types of uh, ecosystems? That was a great ecosystem at the time. And so we had to really construct everything, you know, the, the mentorship, you know, uh, and, and all the, the awards, the grants, you know, uh, the competitions, the, the, the hackathons, etc. So we did really, really all of those. We built them over the years. And then in 2008, we, we, we started the first technology fund. There was no VC. There was no uh, venture capital fund at the time. There was access. I mean, there was banks, obviously, that, that could do lending. But, you know, there were tons of money. But startups couldn't get, you know, access to this type of money because it's, it's typical, you know, uh, you cannot get uh, debt capital from, if you're a startup, you know, you cannot get debt because you'll have collateral, no history, no cash flow, etc. So, so we came up with the first uh, technology fund. It was at the time really a very tiny early stage fund, $6 million. Uh, uh, dollar fund uh, that we started in 2008, right after the, the 2006, you know, uh, war. I mean, I don't have to remind you that, you know, we're in a region which is not that easy, you know, so it is, uh, we often have, you know, uh, instability within, within Lebanon. So it's really hard to, to, uh, to, to, to I mean, to, to come up with, uh, with, with uh, innovative stuff. Uh, so we came up with the first fund, uh, $6 million at the time. And we, we, we started, you know, this, this type of, of VC investing, which, again, you know, it, it meant for startups to open up their capital, you know, and, and, and get other uh, uh, foreign uh, investors in. So this is something that was not in the, in the mindset at the time, you know, so you had to change the mindset of the people of the Lebanese mentality, which, you know, it's just family businesses and we don't open up our capital. And what's this? We're getting new uh, investors in. What's this VC fund? What does it mean? Valuation, you know, you give up equity. So it was really uh, a learning curve for all the uh, ecosystem. So this was in 2008. And then, you know, we grew from one center, by the way, to three other centers in, uh, in, in incubation. Uh, each in different campuses of the St. Joseph University. So one in, in the campus of engineering, the other one by the medical sciences, and another one which is uh, more uh, downtown by what we call the Peru Digital District in 2012. So, so this is the activity picked up. And, uh, you know, we had uh, a community of, of tens of, of, uh, of startups and, and entrepreneurs that were uh, either mentored, coached, you know, trained or hosted uh, within, within the Veritech community. And, and what happened, uh, I mean, in Lebanon, there are like, I said, 
two, 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 two big dates. One, it's October 2013, and another one in, is, uh, no, first one is uh, August 20, uh, 2012, and uh, the second one is October 2019. The first one, August 2020, is when uh, the Central Bank of Lebanon uh, allowed the banks to open up the capital uh, uh, and to inject capital in startups. You know, uh, uh, banks usually do debts. Uh, they do not have the right to, you know, do equity. Uh, and so the central bank uh, came up with a nice financing scheme, financial engineering with the banks to guarantee the, the whatever equity they put in, in startups up to 3 to 5% of their own uh, capital or reserves. So this unleashed over overnight half a billion dollars of, uh, uh, of investments in, in startups. So it really, you know, leapfrogged a bit the ecosystem in Lebanon where we had like little access to finance as a startup community to really, you know, half a billion dollars. And it was what I called the golden years from 12, uh, 2013 up to October 2019, you know, where we had uh, uh, accelerators that were created uh, through these programs, through these funds. We have like ten of, tens of funds that were created under this uh, uh, scheme of the Central Bank of Lebanon uh, through the banks. And so we had really, really uh, an ecosystem that was starting to, to, to build out. And uh, personally, within all of this, uh, I was managing a fund, the first fund, I am Capital, in 2014, which was geared to early stage. So it, it was a $20 million fund. Uh, and this is particular because it was funded under USAID program. So it's different from the central bank's uh, program. So it was geared toward early stage where we did matching capital uh, uh, equity guarantees or insurance capital and technical assistance for startups. And, and through these, through the first four or five years, uh, we created, you know, the accelerator program. We've created uh, a business engineering uh, uh, community, uh, a mentorship program with, with MIT, the VMS program that they have. So we've really built uh, building blocks within the early stage ecosystem in, in Lebanon. All right. So this is what I call the, the golden news. Now, October 2019, why I stressed on this second date, is when the economic crisis hit Lebanon, you know? So, ever since, so for me, there is a, there is a, a life previous to October 2019 and post-October 2019. Because post-October 2019, and it's before COVID, huh? because COVID came Q1, Q2, 2020, so just to, to put things into context. But particularly in Lebanon, crisis started in October 2019, where, you know, they had the revolution and riots on, on the streets, etc., and the whole banking system collapsed. So you, you wake up one day and all of your deposits in the banks are gone, you know, and if there is no much liquidity, you can't have access to your money. Uh, and then if you're a startup uh, that just got funding, you know, so like three to four million dollar funding like a month ago, you, suddenly you have, uh, uh, you know, zero, it's like you have zero cash. Uh, you have... You have the money at the bank, you know, you see it on, uh, on, on the screen, but uh, actually you don't have access to it, you cannot transfer it, nor cash it out, etc. So, so everything collapsed since then, and we went back to not even 20 years, it's like to the prehistoric years, because when we all started, there, was, there were banks and liquidity at the time, now there is not even liquidity, you know. So imagine you as a startup trying to navigate through with nothing, you know, practically nothing. And then Q2, you have COVID that sets everything stood still, you know. Worldwide, you cannot even get funding from outside Lebanon because, you know, everything stopped. 
And then in August 2020, we have the Beirut blast, you know, half of the capital got blast. So people psychologically, you know, were affected. If you were not affected as a business, but either your clients were affected, uh, you know, so you have loss of revenues. Uh, and psychologically, I mean, you know, if you're in this sense, you don't know what happened and that's what's going on. And in 2021, we started to have fuel shortages, electricity shortages, uh, uh, internet shortages. So startups wanted really to relocate, you know, some really relocated outside Lebanon to try to have a business continuity. So it was really tough post-October 2019 to, uh, to really, uh, uh, you know, uh, do, do business. And, 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 you know, the valuation of the currency, uh, it was really, really a mess, you know, uh, and it still is, by the, by the way, because we don't have it. Uh, the, the government is just a caretaker government, you know, it's really no decision, uh, don't have cash, you know, uh, so it's, it's, there's no VC, there's no funds. Uh, we're the only ones that still have funds because it's USA. Uh, and so we were lucky enough to have another 40 million uh, on top of the 20 million that we got that started early 2020, so just uh, uh, when the crisis started to, uh, to finance. So and these were literally, uh, uh, Jeff, like the only funding available for, for startup, literally. Uh, and it still is, by the way. And I'm sorry to say that it's really, really scarce to get to have uh, funding even today in, in, in 2023 in, in Lebanon. All right. So it's, it's really, it's really scary. So what we did uh, when we started, you know, when we got this fund and, you know, there is COVID Q1 2020 and we're trying to figure out, you know, how to manage these two blows. Uh, so we created a first fund uh, called SOSF, Save Our Startup Fund. Well, can you imagine that coming come, come with a fund to save whatever startups were funded in the previous years, in the golden years? So we, we selected uh, around 11 or 12 startups in which we injected a million dollars in each uh, to give them some runway, you know, to weather the storm, you know, uh, to, to pass COVID and to try to see if they could eventually grow outside Lebanon and try to get funding from outside Lebanon. So this is the first thing that we try to do is to be relevant to the, the current uh, situation. The second thing we did after the root blast is another initiative to, uh, to, to cover the loss of revenue of the startups because they lost, they lost uh, uh, any revenues because of their clients, which got hit by the Beirut blast. So we gave them over four months, you know, loss of, of revenue uh, for about 16 of our portfolio companies, uh, for them to, to still keep operating, to provide free of charge to their clients the, uh, the service or product so that these guys don't pay for uh, the product. So, and this, we did it for several reasons. One, and the most important is to keep confidence, to keep, tell them we're here, we're gonna help, we're supporting you, keep working, don't fire anyone, we're here, we can, we're gonna support and uh, we're, 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 we're trying to, to help out and find you ways to, to get out of this crisis. So, uh, to, to keep people engaged in their jobs, you know, and not think about uh, uh, something else. And then uh, the, the second following year, we created another fund for SMEs because there were there is no banks and banks usually fund SMEs, you know, uh, in, in debt or, or revenue capital. So we, we had to come up with a product similar to what the banks do for SMEs because they had no access to finance. So we created another fund, an SME fund for scale and manufacture and export uh, companies to again give them a million dollars for them to be able to uh, uh, to, to to have to have uh, uh, I mean uh, financing for them to to grow their company to 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 export and and, and the likes. 
And today, this year, uh, to again, to be more relevant, we started <clears throat> our third fund, the solar fund. So we're investing heavily in, again, what should be done by banks, you know, uh, investing CapEx for uh, uh, the C&I sector, you know, commercial industrial sector, for them to install uh, solar and go to renewable energies for them to, first of all, to have access to electricity, you know, because it's scarce and it's scarce and it's super expensive because, I mean, electricity, the demand is not off, there is no electricity. So they even rely on generators and private generators and, 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 and diesel, which, you know, pricing, the prices have gone up. And to have lowered their energy costs so that they, they can grow, uh, save jobs, and uh, 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 be able to lower their cost of of uh, 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 of operations, so that that they are a bit more competitive, you know, in the in the local market or when they export. So, so what are trying to be relevant and and come up with uh, quick products, invest them quickly, so that you know we don't uh, we don't waste time because we need to go fast and to help out these companies that are uh, uh, you know in dire needs. Of, of these types of, of funding. As I said, still no banks, uh, no VCs. Uh, I mean, how can you get outside investors to come in and invest in a country that, you know, there is no government, there is no, uh, there is no president, you know. Uh, it's, it's, super, it's super, I mean, confidence is not there and we're trying to, to rebuild this confidence and, and, and we, because we're staying in this country and we wanna still invest in this country and try to do good and, and uh, you know, try to bring back the, the, the confidence and show that there won't be success stories even in the most, uh, in this shitty economy, as I would say. Well, I, I, had to, I have to stop here again, you know, uh, uh, else I will, I will keep on uh, talking. Nicholas, that's, uh, well, I'd say, uh incredible what you've uh, what you've accomplished over this time and, and incredible what you've done for the country i think that this is uh stepped up beyond uh, obviously anybody that could possibly imagine what they would take to help uh, an industry survive and and uh, for this for the small mid-sized enterprise companies and of course for the startup i think it's uh, it's incredible what you've done and building these funds um I, I find that what is um most amazing about this is that of all the funds and all the accelerators and everything that were based in the country prior, you were the only one that was uh, outside capital. And now it's structured that you're the really the only one left standing and you're almost becoming a bank in itself uh, and being more supportive than the rest of uh, the network or the economies that are inside of Lebanon. How do you feel that as you build out these new products and you're stabilizing uh, the environment, um, with a population of, I believe it's less than 6 million, it sounds like so much has happened over the last few years in the economy. How do you feel that the way you guys have structured this, you've really supported the system? Is it is it flourishing for startups and, and um, inventors and everybody that's just coming to the forefront to say, hey, I want to be part of this as well. What can I do? Are you finding that there's a lot of a tribe building around this? and really supporting what you're trying to achieve here? Because again, it's huge um, on what you guys have accomplished. Uh, listen, the, the short answer is no. We, we are still on our own. Uh, and I will, I, will, I, will, I will give you a, a small example. I mean, the, the, the funds that we have created, I mean, obviously we're a small fund, so 20 million, the first one, which is, I would say, 
pre-October 2019, so it doesn't count. The second, uh, this one, the 40 million, it's still, it's a small fund, you know, how much, how much can you do with, with that, you know, so we're trying to, to come up with, you know, structured, relevant, uh, quick wins, you know, and, and select, uh, you know, the, these companies, whether startups, I don't want to call them startups because that post revenues, their growth stage, etc. you know, and so, so are the SMEs, you know, agro, agro food, you know, these types of, of manufacturing that have really, uh, uh, you know, tens of jobs that, that need to be saved. So, so we, we, I cannot pretend that, you know, we've really maybe not the needle of the country as economy, but at least, at least whatever we did, I mean, 12 startups from here and, and 10 SMEs from there are, you know, a start that show that at least, you know, there is potential. There are positive things that you can do with this little amount of time and money that, that we have, you know, and we can try to replicate and take this as a story and, you know, move around the diaspora and, Go to DFIs and then, you know, help us out because, listen, with this small amount, we have really, you know, uh, uh, invested in, in, in the creme de la creme. Now, to go back to the startups, unfortunately, which is our DNA, you know, incubation, startups, accelerators, etc., in a very early stage, unfortunately, they are now left on their own because there is no more all these building blocks that we build, you know, no angel activity, there is no accelerators. So, it is super hard for startups now if, I mean, maybe they come up from, let's say you have a couple of, of programs that are at the university base that, you know, maybe graduate one or two startups, but then these guys don't have access to finance. I mean, there, there is a big gap between what they, they need and before they come to us as a VC or, you know, uh, the SME. So there is a, a, a real gap that needs to be filled. And, and, and you know, at, at least at this stage. So, going back to the uh, business angel activity, you know, private investors. So now they can rely to, I know people that know people, you know, and they get one investor from here, one investor from there, but there is no like really a, a structured approach that we built uh, over over the years, you know? So now we want to, that's why we come up with funds to, 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 uh, to fill these gaps. And one of our projects, and it's still dear to my heart that I want to start, is to go back to create a small angel, I mean, small, early stage fund, maybe between four or six million, where we seed it and we get private investors in, you know, and, and try to crowdfund fund this with, with uh, uh, private investors, you know, to go back to the early stage uh, uh, investing so that, you know, we, we try to close the loop a, a bit or, you know, have all the value chain uh, of the landscape uh, and, and to rebuild it uh, bits, bits, uh, piece by piece, you know. So, so voila, so this is what we're trying to do. And in the meantime, you know, concentrate heavily on the later stage and the growth stage of SMEs because they're here and there are existing jobs. I mean, I always say, I told my team, you know, after October 2019, when you're in crisis, you don't, I mean, for me at least, I would not bring new kids uh, during crisis. I would, I would feed my own kids, you know, my existing kids for them to grow. So I would not think about maybe getting new kids within this crisis. So we'll get them later when we weather the storm, when we pass the storm. But today, let's take care of the existing kids, the existing companies that are growing, the SMEs that are here. And, you know, that we, we need to help those and not go and, you know, try to find innovators and come up, you know, fine. There, there, there are, there is a need. Maybe we'll get there one of these days. But today, let's concentrate where we, we have limited uh, yeah, resources. This is where we want to focus on, you know, growth, uh, later stage, and, you know, uh, and, and jobs, job creation at this level. 
Notwithstanding that, I mean, we know that there is a need in the early stage and we see them, they come to us, but we tell them, unfortunately, today we don't have a product. We are coming up with a, an early stage type of, of, of product uh, that we'll, we'll hope that in Q2, that in the next quarter or the quarter next, we uh, will be able to launch and, and try to, to cater for this uh, particular uh, segment of, uh, of, the, of the early stage uh, uh, cycle. So, so, voila, so it's, it's, it's really tough. And, and, and what I say is if we don't do it, unfortunately, and I, I, I do not brag when I say it, but if we don't do it, no one is going to do it, you know, because we are from within and we are in Lebanon, you know, so uh, no one will do it from, uh, from outside. And from within, it's super hard because we're the only ones that are here. So, you know, we try to be relevant and to come up with products that have quick wins. That ha that's an opportunity. I mean, for us, when we started the VC, I wouldn't think about investing in solar. You know, it's, it's like, it's like light years away. I mean, you talk to hundreds of investors. Let me tell me who invested in, in CNI or solar. It's like, you know, seriously, these are banks that do this. You know, it's, these are products five years, seven years, etc. you know, debt related or lease. We came up with a lease, lease to own product from a VC DNA. I mean, seriously. <laughs> so just to let you know that, and, and this is something by, uh, it was, uh, uh, I will not say imposed, but, you know, USAID said, guys, be relevant, try to pivot and, and see, cater to the needs of the country. And that's what we're doing, you know, and we're learning, uh, you know, to, to deal with SMEs, which, by the way, are a different beast than startups. Huh? It's like completely different type of, 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 of human beings, you know, it's really completely different. I mean, I, and by the way, I love it. It's, it's something that I discovered, you know. Uh, talking to, you know, uh, uh, I mean, you have the startups, you know, the founders, and they think that, you know, they can conquer the world and whatever, you know, they're still young and, and whatever. And you have these SMEs, you know, these agro-food industries, etc., which have, you know, several family family businesses. You talk to them, they know what they're doing. You know, it's like, really, it's 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 two different worlds. And, and you have to really cope with both, you know, and, and there is need this, in this place and in this place. So, so, well, so it's, it is, it is, uh, um, it's hard. And, and, and by the way, just for your info, we just launched the solar in uh, last month. We have 70 applications for more than 70 that apply, you know, to just you know, that we have now, I mean, more than 20, maybe, maybe 24, 25 megawatt of demand for our fund. That cannot cater for, for just for like 20 megawatts so just to let you know that there's always demand and it's it's whatever we can do with our own resources and and and, and funds that we have i love it well again you're 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 challenging you're taking the challenge on and you're you're trying to solve a, a lot larger problem in a in, in a microcosm so i think that's the best way to look at it is that you have to start small protect uh, what's going to benefit the economy right now which is uh, obviously, if there's low power grids uh, disconnect, that that's going to allow people to survive. So that's a good thing. And then on the food shortage, uh, agri side. So I think all of the the roles that you're playing, uh, you are taking over some of those pieces that a bank would take. And I think that's a good way of looking at it. That builds st stability, but that also allows for uh, dollars to start to come back into the country because once they start to see these things that are occurring, and you've got survival, and you've got production moving along, then there's going to be more interest to come in. And I do know that, of course, as you mentioned, with uh, no precedent, the government going in flux, um, one of the kind of areas that's obviously quite relevant right now that you're seeing with 
the collapse of FTX and um, uh, other bank systems, uh, Silicon Valley. Now, they're going through that and there's a lot of change and they had government step in to correct it. What are some of the things that you would say to a lot of the global um, startups and ecosystems? How would they protect themselves in this instance? Because as you mentioned earlier on in, in your, the discussion, is that a lot of these startups had $4 million in a bank account that then just became null and void. What are some of the ways that they could protect themselves if they are in an uneased uh, economy where anything like this can occur? Should they distribute their money across different countries? Should they put it in uh, blockchain and put it on Bitcoin? Like, is there somewhere and uh, a thing that you've learned that says, here's a better way to manage this to protect your business as you grow? Because this could be a family office, family business, or it could be a startup, but at the end of the day, you need to protect your, your revenue and finance so that you can still pay your team and grow. <laughs> I mean, the candid question and, and has been going on, the answer for that is cash. You know, cash, keep cash at home. You know, it's, it's over the, I mean, when I told you I, I investing in SMEs and, you know, it's a different beast from startups, you know, they have double booking and it's always, you know, it's, 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 it is what it is, you know, and then, and it's, we're turning, unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, into a cash economy, you know, it's purely cash. We ourselves invested sometimes in cash because not even the banks don't have cash. Sometimes they're closed, they're on, on strike or whatever, you know, two, three weeks, they're closed. So we have to invest. I mean, can you imagine, Jeff, that I have money that I need to invest and I cannot invest it because the system is closed. You know, they're on strike. They don't come to work because they come just once a week because of the devaluation and they got paid in the there. So really the infrastructure was blocked for two, three years. So you, you, you had to keep cash. Can you imagine? You, you keep, keep cash. I mean, I shouldn't say this, but I mean, it is, it is what it is. And can you imagine compliance, anti-Monday laundering uh, stuff and whatever? So I had to deal with this. So uh, we did whatever all the companies in Lebanon did, you know, try to create uh, a structure outside Lebanon. So we started for us and we took a special uh, okay from USAID because we have to, our mandate is to invest in Lebanon to create our funds outside Lebanon. So we went to Cyprus, which is the I mean, next door. So we went to create, so we have, I have two funds created in Cyprus. And I have bank accounts in Switzerland and outside Lebanon in, 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 in UAE. So all the companies, all the startups, all the SMEs, all have either structures outside, uh, legal SPVs outside, and bank accounts, uh, and cash at home. You know, it's, it's uh, when, when I'm investing now, I'm, I'm investing like I have to pay up uh, an investment of 500000 He says, you pay me 200000 in Luxembourg. 200,000 in, in Switzerland and 100,000 cash in Lebanon. I mean, hello, you know, so everyone <laughs> diversified their, their approach. So it, it, it is what it is. And, and it, it, the company is operating in Lebanon. You know, all the, the, the jobs are here, you know, all the factory is here, all the, the payroll is here. But, you know, have three bank accounts outside Lebanon plus the cash, you know. So imagine auditing companies like that, that you are, uh, 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 it's your portfolio. So, so voila, so it's diversification uh, and, and, and it's key and, and you know, and, and life goes on. In Lebanon, I mean, in, in the US, it took a weekend, over a weekend and everything was sold, you know. Here in Lebanon, it's like three years and nothing sold, you know. So there's a parallel economy that is, is, is moving that has, you know, uh, slowly, but, you know, surely put in place, uh, unfortunately. 
parallel to the banks. The, the banks are like they now that they, they, they act like Western Union and or OMT or these these uh, they just they, they're they're not they're not banks. There is no banking activity, uh, Jeff. Honestly, so uh, for, for, so it's it's unseen anywhere in in the world. We had four. Uh, 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 I mean, in Lebanon, you had the Lebanese pounds and the dollar. Okay, we have four rates to the dollar, four to the Lebanese pounds, four rates. I mean, it's it's unheard of anywhere else. You know, how can you audit and look at auditing books, uh, uh, reports from a company where you are? You have four rates to the dollar. You don't know which rate is it. You have to you know ask what rate it is. You know, and, and 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 the date of it, etc. And, and and sometimes it's, it's it's really you have it's bullshit. You have to put it in the trash because it doesn't represent the market reality. You know, so imagine doing valuation in these types of uh, of times. Imagine looking at books. It's it's really really tough, and this is something that you don't learn in MBAs or whatever. And it never happened anywhere else, and it won't happen anywhere else. You know, I'm sure it won't happen anywhere. So whatever we're learning today, unfortunately, it's we don't brag about it because I'm sure that I don't know if we, it's going to be applicable anywhere else. You know, so so voila, you know, we 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 talk about it, we laugh, we joke, but I mean, it's a sad reality. You know, that we are uh, coping with, and 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 us at funds, let alone the startups that have to maneuver, uh, uh, etc. You know, so. Uh, so, so the short answer is this: diversity. Try to find out, put in, uh, you know, uh, create your SPVs outside outside the country and having bank accounts out, outside the country. But then, you know, compliance is another issue. You know, and then you have to like uh, justify the transfers and whatever. But I mean, this is something that is is secondary. But I mean, this is the the uh, the, the, yeah, the short answer. I mean, voilà. It's interesting, again, on the, the financial side and, and how you mentioned that there's four different rates. And, and I remember uh, a year back when I think it was just under that, but when I was there and um, trying to sort that out and I was getting into an Uber and I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be like a $400 Uber to go 10 kilometers. And I was scared because I had no idea. It didn't make a lot of sense at the time um, that there was this much of a difference on how the capital was operating and working. And of course, once you're there, you start to realize that there's multi multiple markets. And what's fascinating is that um, this also occurs in other countries. We're not always privy to how the economies always work, but in Tanzania, they have the same issue. Uh, they have the same in India where you have black, mo black market money. Uh, so they operate on two different levels. And the, the transactions do as well. But what I find fascinating is that even if you go into uh, other countries that are startups or creating companies, they are looking at because this, the economies are not stable enough, how do I build this somewhere else? So Egypt, they build them in, in the UK. So they start structuring their companies outside of the, the core banking system because, again, they're, they're really trying to protect themselves because they don't know what that's going to look like in the future. And even so today, you don't even know if, where you're banking outside the country, if that's even going to be stable, because the banks seem to be uh, kind of weaning on their governance and being banks, as you mentioned earlier, and they're becoming just a transactional taking their cut, but they're not really acting as banks anymore. They're kind of losing that governance side uh, and the securities uh, side where you can know that every day you go there, your money's going to be there or that you can get it out no matter what occurs in the economy. So this can be very scary in a in a smaller population that's trying to survive and grow through all of the different 
uh, economic hardships that a country is going through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, and and here it's even worse because it's unpredictable. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen the next day, you know. And and you, you, I mean, you sleep one day, and the next day the dollar passed from fifteen hundred to fifteen thousand because the central bank of Lab uh, decided, uh, the, the the governor decided, you know, to 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 make it 50, ten times overnight. And you know, you know, I mean, it's it's it's. And, and you wake up, it's like, okay, guys, all right, now it's 15,000, and you have to cope with it. And it's even worse because then, and, and I mean, the customs has its own uh, rate to the dollars. You know, the VAT has a different rate to the dollars. It, I mean, it, it's a mess. And uh, uh, it's, it's really a mess. And sometimes it's really hard to understand and to see the big picture. You know, you have to every day talk to your auditor to see what's going on, how you're going to pay the salaries, at what rate. You know, and the taxes they're going to pay at what rate? You know, and, and and it's 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 really a mess. You know, so but I mean, fine. It's part of I mean, the price you pay to pay here. I'm going to say it's the price you pay to pay here. So in in this um, economy and the way things are operating, do, do you see this as an opportunity to be able to um, really dive in and invest in some great emerging companies? Or do you find that over the next year or two, it's going to kind of be up and down? You're supporting the companies, as you mentioned, that are, are really driving the economy, but the ones that are going to be coming up, new innovations that are kind of scary to look at because you can't predict the future. Um, like, how are you kind of valuing the economy? Because it does sound like uh, there's an opportunity. There's a lot of, I read a lot of articles that there are a lot of um, uh, Bitcoin mining companies that have started up in the area as well in Lebanon, which I find fascinating because of the power changes that are going on. But there's a lot of these different groups that are starting up. So I think there's a lot of entrepreneurial um, innovation that's coming from it. Maybe they're finding outside dollars, but does this really show that because the economy is in the state it is, that there are a lot of great opportunities? It's just a matter of how do you harness them? And is it worth harnessing today? Or do you wait a couple of years until the economy gets a bit more stable or a government gets put into place? No, uh, uh, for us, I mean, we can't wait. You have to see today so that you are prepared in, in two or three years when things pick up. So this is uh, de definitely. So that's why first we, we, we and, and the, the best opportunity today is the investing in the renewable energy and solar. Okay, so because it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. And, and for me, that's why I accepted to venture into this, uh, this opportunity because it is a lot of, because you, you are, I mean, there are savings that companies are doing. So it's a no-brainer for them to pay up the, uh, the, the financing, you know, because of the savings that they're doing, they can pay up. So, so it's, it is the, the least risky opportunity that you can come in today in Lebanon, okay? So this is, this is on, on one hand. So this, and, and to your point, a couple of questions ago about, you know, uh, getting uh, foreign investment or, or a bit of capital into Lebanon, we are hoping, and my, my bet, I'm hoping that this solar opportunity, because it's less risky, because people get it, you know, uh, and it's not like as risky as, you know, an early stage startup, that it might, you know, get investors or expats at least, you know, Lebanese expats, which anyways are giving remittance back to, to, to Lebanon, you know, because they had their villages, their families, etc., you know, on a grant, you know, uh, basis, to see this as an opportunity to not just give back, but actually make money, 
you know, so they are first of all giving back and having an opportunity to, to, to make money. So I'm hoping that with this, if we're able to really raise funds from private investors, you know, to try to attract capital and people coming, really getting money back into Lebanon and getting a bit of, uh, I would say, trust uh, back to, uh, to the system. Because you cannot like tell an investor, Lebanese investor, you know, invest in startups in Lebanon, you know, he lost his money at the bank, you know, he has lost, I mean, his money is like, so it's a bit hard for, uh, for that. But if you give them the opportunity of solar, which is like a no-brainer where every quarter you get, you, uh, the, you get money back and your IRR is 20%, we were able to do a product, you know, that is, is not quite expensive for the beneficiary and gives up to 20% of IRR to the investors with le- really low risk uh, uh, approach. So this is something that we actually are able to fundraise uh, with this product, you know? And again, as I said, the early stage of the startups and the innovation is still there and it's in the back burner and we want to look, you know, try to invest and try to ke- come up with a product. And for me, I, when I do, when, when, we, when we do the, these products, we'd like to, for them to be like no-brainers, you know, uh, because we, it's, we answer directly a need, you know, and then we, with no friction, uh, because we iterate and we talk to the beneficiaries, etc., and we try, try to come up with a product that is really frictionless, okay? So this solar fund, like the SME or the SOS app, were really like disbursed in less than a year because, you know, it was frictionless and it was like a no-brainer. People get it and they see actually that the value, the value of it, all right? So same thing when we come up with the, the startup or the early stage fund, I want it to be like a no-brainer where the, 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 or the whole setup is, is very positive. And, and unfortunately, one of the parameters is you tell the investor, oh, by the way, the fund is, is, is invested outside, it's, it's incorporated outside Lebanon, the funds are outside Lebanon, etc. So you're minimizing a lot of the risk, <laughs> you know, that you didn't even think about post, I mean, pre-October 2019. So we tick all the boxes, you know, because we've, we've learned over the, the, the past two, three years, uh, uh, and then come up with a product where maybe we can guarantee 50% of the capital of the investor that had put in uh, the startup. So trying to, to make a product that is really appealing, you know, for those that want to really reinvest in Lebanon and put in, uh, uh, you know, their, uh, their money and try to get, you know, some, some money back. Voilà. So this is the, the pitch, if you want, to try to get back the, uh, uh, the, uh, the confidence. So, but, but again, whatever you say, you pitch, uh, the first thing they say, okay, country risk. Yeah, fine. The country is still there. You know, it's, it's, I cannot beat that. But I mean, I can show you track record. I can show you, you know, good investments. I can show you SMEs. I can show you performance. And then you decide. I mean, yeah, true, is there is a country risk. But there will still be a country risk. You know, the Lebanon is still where it is. And it's surrounded by geopolitical politics that will still be there. You know, it's, uh, voila. So you cannot argue with when someone comes and tells you, you know, it's the country risk. True, it's country risk. Agreed. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned that I, well, all of this last little segment that you've talked about that I really liked is that you're finding yourself innovative ways to support an economy, finding ways to make investments. You're not going to the standard classic way to invest and saying, this is how we do it because this is how it's been done. And you mentioned one that you helped companies with revenue loss to support them so that they could get back on their feet so that people could get paid. I love this because you're finding ways to change the way venture works because you're trying to put money back into the hands of the founders or uh, into the teams so that people get paid and they can continue to live and build uh, and grow in this economy. 
uh, especially on what's what you guys are surrounded with, as you mentioned on the geopolitical side. What what's the impetus that you find investors are looking for when you're coming back with these types of solutions? Are they telling you come back with a better solution and we'll be happy to make an investment? Or are you looking at this saying, you know what, there's no way we can follow the standard classic venture fund model. We really do have to change this and come up with uh, more innovative ways to invest. And this is why we're coming up with these, I'm going to say, super amazing plans, because they do sound very simple and easy to kind of move your way through uh, and get your business back into shape to be able to keep selling. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, 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 I mean, uh, if you ask me that this question last year, I would answer differently. Or the year before, I would answer differently because you know things change and the rates to the dollar change. And you know, <laughs> we had two rates and three rates and four rates. You know, so it depends on <laughs> when we're doing the fund. And, and so, uh, the first fund, the SOSF fund, we've raised uh, capital from private investors. Today, I couldn't do the same. You know, I, I cannot do the same. You know, because uh, it was a different thesis at the time. There was a different uh, framework, and you know the, the banking, I mean the banks or the, the, the you know the economy was different. Yeah, the, the, the SME fund, uh, eighteen months later, again different setting, different setup, different type of investors, different uh, different approach, you know, different uh, product. Today, it's like we we cannot do the same that we did, you know, with the two previous funds because now the, the economy is like dollarized. It's like fully dollarized. Now you go to restaurants, you have your dollars, you pay in dollars, etc. Uh, the, the black market rate is like the, the, the rate, you know, uh, everyone is following. And, and voila, so uh, everyone is, is what we call the fresh dollar, you know, so, uh, so practically everything is dollarized. Uh, you go to the supermarket, you pay in dollars, you, you go to fill your car, it's in dollars, etc. So, so voila, now today it's like, it's the dollar, back to uh, whatever it was, you know, it's like uh, the dollar rate, okay? So, uh, so those that get paid in, in, in Lebanese pounds, they're the poor, they got poor, and those that got paid in, in dollar are, you know, are where they are, they're still, you know, surviving and, and, and aiming to cope, aiming to cope, because it's, 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 it's the right. So now when you have to raise funds, you have to raise funds with fresh dollars, you know, fresh dollars. And, and today, investments, one of the, 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 the pitch for the investor is that guys, Instead of putting your money at the bank because you're putting them because you're afraid to put them at the bank, putting them at home it's risky, you know, because they might you might get stolen, whatever. Invest them in you know this fund, this solar, etc. That has revenues that have you know you you want to see your money. You start to see your money from day one. You know, it's not like you have to exit at year seven and then you know you might exit or not. So so it's it's these types of you know subtlety that. Unfortunately, we have to deal with when we come up with and talk to investors, you know, uh, that first thing they see is the counter risk, but say, yes, okay, fine, you know, but we come up with this, this, this to, to, uh, to counter all of those uh, uh, nightmares that you have, you know. So today, when we pitch it to, to investors, uh, uh, and, and, and this solar fund, honestly, it's like a no-brainer. And when I pitch it, I mean, the only excuse that I have is counter risk. Okay, fine, because the, you don't see a flaw in the system, but the counter risk, okay, fine, you know, this is the only flaw, this is the but I cannot help it, you know. All the other boxes are ticked, but the counter risk, it's out of, it's, it's out of my, it's a challenge that I cannot, uh, I cannot, do, you know, so, but, I, but my answer is that the companies that we're going to invest in, because we're a small fund, we might end up investing like 20 companies, which will be la creme de la creme or the best, you know, we're, we're, we won't have 
uh, non-performing loans, you know, or NPLs, you know, because the companies we're gonna handpick them because it's it is what it is. We're limited in funds. Obviously, you're gonna pick the winners, you know, or those that are bankable or or can give your money back. And these companies today, despite the three four years, they're still existing and working and and making money and growing. So chances are they will stay because I I'm guessing the 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 worst is behind us. I'm guessing again. I don't have a crystal ball. Country risk, geopolitical risk, but I'm guessing things will only get better because when you get the president, hopefully, because the, the next thing is to get a president, you know, so things will get better, you know. Again, I'm guessing, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but you know, intuitively, you get the IMF, you know, etc., and and money, so you'll get again three, four years maybe of flourishing, and 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 so and so these companies today in dire needs, things will only get better, you know, because. They survived the crisis, so chances are they'll still be here you know, in a few years. If they and things can, I hope, only get better. So voila. So this is a bit the, the pitch uh, that I give today for those that want to invest to 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 put in money in Lebanon. This is the pitch. I love it, and and to to kind of uh, I guess take that and and move it forward a little bit. What's the toughest lessons you've learned so far as as being an investor in um, in Lebanon? is to keep cool really keep your head uh, cool because every day it's a new day yeah you, you, i mean sometimes i mean when, when you sleep at, at 1500 wake up at 50,000, do you know the things that come in your mind about the money that you have at the bank and what you're going to do and how it affects the the, the your the, your your portfolio etc and you have to keep cool it's it's not easy but really really uh, it's keeping cool and when I say to someone, you know, uh, uh, how are you today? It's not just physically, it's really mentally. You know, how are you mentally? How are you coping? Okay, because really it's not easy. And, and when you see people that are talking about the crisis, they, they're talking, I mean, I mean it's, it's not easy. It's, it's, I mean, it's, this is, it's tough and you have to really keep, keep cool, keep cool and keep a cold head. It's not easy, uh, Jeff, because you're, you're in, a, in a shaky environment. Every day, every day, shaking environment, and and so keeping cool about it is the most important, very important, you know. And and uh, recently, I mean, I, I was talking talking to my team. I look at the portfolio, etc. I said we have to make sure that the people are okay, the founders are okay. We have to coach them. We have to be. I mean, it's 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 really we have to show them that we're here and that they need us and that we answer them. That, 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 you know, because. It's super hard for them, you know. It's super hard. I'll give you an example uh, of of uh, one of our investments. I mean, we invest not just in tech, yeah. As I said, we, we do SMEs, etc. And we invested in a in a bakery, in a bakery uh, that is uh, uh, in the north, women led. Okay, does healthy snacks. Superb. Okay, I I fell in love with the with the, with the story when. When she pitched it to me and I went to see the bakery, I told my team, whatever it is, we're going to invest in this. It's a super nice story. You make it happen. I don't care, you know, and we actually invested. Fine. Fast forward. Uh, she, she, she's, she's, uh, so, uh, uh, and, 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 and very environmental friendly, healthy, you know, planting trees to offset the CO2. It's really, you know, something that <laughs> out of this world. 
and she supports athletes, you know, and 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 hackathons uh, and, and marathons, you know, supporting with the snacks and whatever and sponsoring these these types of activities. And then she she swam, she did a, a, like a swim traverse from Cyprus to Lebanon, okay, from Cyprus to Lebanon. Uh, okay, she came. And, and then she came to, to, to Lebanon, and on October 17, 2019, when really the, the, the crisis hit, and when the crisis hit, you know, roads were blocked, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, and she, she didn't know about it, she was swimming, you know. When she arrived on shore, she, she was expecting everyone to, to, to be there because there was, you know, we were going, supposed to be go there, you know, press conference, whatever. There was no one because no one could even, even reach there. Can you imagine the depression when she, you arrived and you're expecting, you know, and then shit happened in the country, you know. I mean, this woman, you have to, I mean, can you imagine what goes through her mind? I mean, so, and, 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 and now when, when you leave, and when I, when, I, when I travel for two, three days, I really worry if I'm able to come back or not, if it's going to be calm or not, you know, it's, it's I mean, sorry, I, I'm talking about this, but I'm still in Lebanon and optimistic that this will happen. But this is stuff that goes into your mind and it's not easy. You know, it's, it's more than 50% of your time worrying about stuff that you shouldn't worry about. I mean, I would have never thought to incorporate in Cyprus. I would have never thought to put in money in Switzerland. You know, the compliance that I have to do and the, the, the traveling that I have to do and answering stuff. I mean, I'm not obliged to do this. This is more than 50% of my time focusing on not my job. So, and everyone is doing the same. Everyone's doing the same, you know, trying to figure out internet continuity, business continuity, you know. Uh, I mean, it, it is, you have to keep cool. And this is, and, 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 and what, I, what I say is like, you, you fight, we're firefighting. When you're firefighting, you, you cannot think straight. You're firefighting. And then, you know, you think about what, we, what we'll do afterwards. But again, but you have to take a step back and think about the future and plan. So, Firefighting is necessary, but it won't, you know, get us out of this. We need to have a cool head, think, you know, long-term, strategize, and, you know, voila. Well, well shared. Honestly, that was uh, um, kind of tied two things in there with the case study and, and then kind of the toughest learnings there. And, and I do agree that uh, keeping cool has uh, always helped uh, people think and plan better and instead of reacting and, and then thinking after how I could um, have done that better. There, there is a lot of um, taking a moment and pause and breathing. I think it makes a big difference. So thank you for that. We're going to switch now into um, the 60 second rant session. So uh, <laughs> you almost started on some of it. So I should have probably tied three segments all together because that was uh, that was a great rant. So uh, the way this section works is that um, I'm going to I'm going to uh, time 60 seconds, and you're able to go in and talk to uh, a rant, and the rant is really around something you're passionate about. So you think of whatever it might be that you want to kind of open up Pandora's box to. I'll give you 60 seconds, and then I'll come back with some uh, minor rebuttal, and then we'll close that part off, and and we'll get into the rapid fire questions. So. Uh, Give me two seconds to hit start, and when you're ready, you're on. 
listen, I, I, I like to innovate, you know, come up with new products. And, and that, that's why I, when I uh, explained to you that I'm doing, you know, every year or every 18 months new products, because this is what keeps us going and motivated and motivate the team, especially, you know, because you have to keep the team going and, and show them that uh, uh, we have to uh, stay in Lebanon. You know, and, and the, th the thing I say, I do not keep myself, I mean, I don't, I cannot convince anyone to stay in Lebanon. What I do is that I tell them, you know, that those that want to leave, I will personally drive them to the airport. I drove my two boys to the airport and they left to Canada, to Montreal. So I cannot convince anyone. My kids, I drove to the airport. If you want to leave, I will drive you to the airport. If you want to stay, if you want to stay, you stay with us and we do something great. We come up with nice products. We help the economy. We invest. We create jobs. And when we look back, it's really something that's very cool that we've done. And this is my, well, my, my <laughs> I love it. Well done. Well done. Uh, you know, it, it, it's such a tough spot because not a lot of people in the world are faced with, if I come home, is my country going to be okay and let me back in? Or the reverse side is, while I'm in the country, is it going to be stable enough for us to move forward? And I know there's a lot of countries that are going through things, but we don't always imagine that we're going to be live talking with someone that's saying, hey, this is real and I'm going through this every day. And the repercussions are how much impact it does mentally uh, on you and your teams and, and how you live in a country. Uh, so what I guess to rebuttal against this, what is the factor? What's the way that you get people to stay loyal and stay in the country? So like you said, your kids are going to school. They're doing they're expanding the horizons. They'll be back. But how do you get people to say, you know what, this is my country, I'm going to fight for it? What do they have to do a little bit differently? Or what things, messages can be shared that get people to stand behind the country and, and not want to uh, go abroad? And again, your kids are different because they're getting education, which is a good thing. But what is, the, what is that impetus that makes people feel like, I, I have to be patriotic at this time because the country needs me? I mean, this is something that, I mean, you have to live it. I, I, it's, it's very hard to, to, to convey, you know, it's because, again, it, this is very subjective, you know. But what I say is that, again, going back to my, my, uh, my, my pitch is that we're here to stay. Look what we did within the last two, three years, but they're super tough. I mean, we have nice stories. If we were not here, there wouldn't be these stories. Because we are here, this is what we did. We really created history. I mean, we did stuff that were not done. And, you know, so if this is not enough, I mean, you have to stick around. I mean, when I told my, uh, I mean, I remember when we did, we did a town hall meeting with all the team after the August 4 blast, you know, like all the Beritech, you know, we, we were part of the Beritech uh, group. There's like 70 or 80 people. We're, we're one of those uh, subsidiaries, okay, the fund. And we were, I mean, and I'm talking to this 80, uh, 70 people, and there's the chairman of the group was really depressed. And I, I took over and I said, you can't be the best in front of 80 people. You have to really convey positivity. And I said, we are, this is what we built. I mean, and we did a town hall, by the way. <laughs> and and it's, it's, I mean, that's me. Within the university, because in the first incubator, as I said, it's within the campus of the St. Joseph University. It's where I was, where I, where I taught, where I graduated from. And I taught for like 15 years. So I know it by heart. And we were in the amphitheater of the university. And it was like, the glasses were, were, were off because of the blast. And I told them, you know, history is repeating itself. I was in the same amphitheater 2020, I mean, in the 1990, when I graduated, the war was over. And I could have left. I could have left the country and go to France and do that. I chose to stay. And because I stayed, 
we rebuild the university, we build Berry Tech. This is what we do. I mean, look at, I, I'm not saying I achieved a lot, but I, I, I can say that because I stayed, I witnessed, at least I witnessed and was part of this, this change. So today I'm not leaving because I'm sure because I did it, but I'm going to do the same. And I will look back in, in 10 years or 15 years because I stayed, this is what I did, you know? So this is the message that I said to them, you know, ad hoc on the spot. I said, history is repeated itself. And sorry, and I said, I'm too, and I use the, the F word, too tired to redo it again. I'm old, you know, it's like Al Pacino in the, in, in the set of women, you know, I'm too fucking blind and I'm too fucking old, you know, to redo it again. But I'm going to redo it again. I'm not mine. I'm in this country. I love it. And we, 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 because, and we have the privilege and the opportunity and the chance because we're in this sphere and, 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 and space is to make a difference. It's to make a difference. And, and you have to be proud of it and, and happy about it. And so this is it's, it's conveying confidence to the troops. I love it. Well, Nicholas, I think from everything you shared, I, I would uh, give you my vote to uh, step up and be the president of uh, Lebanon. So I, I think you've uh, accomplished some pretty amazing things. So, uh, and, you know, just from that uh, little, I will call it a little uh, entry speech, but, you know, you, you have to be proud and confident. And I, I agree with you that that carries a long way and, and a lot of people get behind that. So maybe we'll blast this out so that, uh, uh, people will uh, also get behind your mission because I think what you've done is uh, absolutely phenomenal. So uh, we're going to jump into rapid fire questions. We're almost there. Um, and, and again, I think I could talk to you all day because there's so much uh, amazing interest in, in what you're doing and how you've done this. And uh, I think that um, as a doctor, I think you could really use all of the things that you have behind you in your tool belt to really keep making a difference. So uh, I love it. Um, all right. Rapid fire questions. Pick one or the other. Founder or co-founder? Coming in from an investor standpoint, of course, uh, which would you go with, founder or co-founder? Uh, you mean you mean if I wanted to be a founder or co-founder? I uh, know, as or, an investor, which which option are you choosing? Would you invest rather invest in co-founders or would you rather invest in founders, like single founder or co-founders? Uh, no, co-founders. Okay, co-founder. Uh, unicorn or a four-year 10x exit? Uh, four-year 10x exit. <laughs> At my age, you know, I want liquidity. <laughs> I, I love it. Tech or CPG? Tech. <laughs> NFTs or Web 3.0? Uh, Web 3.0. AR blockchain? AI. First time founder or second, third time founder? Obviously, second or third time uh, uh, founder, but I mean, I would meet the first time founder as well. I mean, not, okay. uh, first money in or Series A? Uh, both. Both. Angel or VC? Uh, both. By the way, I didn't talk about my experience as, a, as an angel because, you know, all the funds that I've created, by the way, I put in, you know, uh, money because, you know, you cannot like convince others to put money if you don't put your own. So I've been really <laughs> investing in all the VCs, uh, uh, in all the funds and STDs that we've created, you know, over the years. So, so voila. So I would do it as a, I mean, I would prefer to do it as a VC because unfortunately as an angel, I don't have time to, you know, because the angel has to help and, you know, and engage in the company. 
So it's a bit, I don't have the time, unfortunately, for it yet. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Board seat or observer? Uh, either. Either. I, I've, come, I've come to realize that, I mean, observer is good enough because, I mean, if you're a board seat and you're outnumbered, it doesn't make sense. So I've, I've, I was able, as an observer, to, to get the board to change the CEO. So for me, I, uh, in a company that was not doing uh, okay, so, you know, observer is fine because I know I can have leverage to change your people's minds. And uh, so voting is, I mean, I can be outvoted if I'm on the board. Okay. Uh, favorite part of investing? Favorite part is when you meet the entrepreneur at first, you know, and you learn the new stuff that he comes up with and, you know, and you fall in love with it the first five, 10 minutes or not. Then the rest is like technicalities, you know, it's not much. But the first thing, the first encounter is where you learn. You spend two, three hours and that's where you, you get to learn it. Go the entrepreneur and to learn this thing and that, I mean, voila. And then the rest is technicalities. Number of companies invested per year? Uh, on average, maybe six or seven. Perfect. What are the pieces of advice, like one or two pieces of advice that you would give founders nine out of 10 times? Uh, nine, uh, nine out of 10 times founders. Uh, you know, in, in Lebanon, things change. I mean, if you ask me this question post-October 2019 or pre-October 2019, honestly, it's, it's for me, it's, it's pre-October 19 is meaningless. You know, uh, everything, we change all the mentalities, you know. So it's, it's uh, first thing is to do, you know, Start from Lebanon, but but grow outside Lebanon, you know, as fast as you can, because one, it's not just a small market, but it's a shaky and, and risky market, you know. So it's is to rapidly grow outside Lebanon. Okay. Which tech or what tech defines the world in the next five years? Is AI does AI count? Of course. <laughs> Yeah, it can be space travel, rockets, blockchain. What do you think is going to be the number one tech that's going to just change? The, it's changing the world and will be in the next five years. I think AI, definitely, all these platforms are crazy. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's like the ChatGPT and all these these platforms. I mean, that it's it's crazy. I mean, I'll give you an example. I still teach entrepreneurship course at the at the university at the at the faculty of engineering. And, you know, they have to form teams and whatever. And I coach a few teams. And so one of the, the teams, they were coming up with a product to, you know, because there was the earthquake, you know, a couple of months ago in Lebanon. And so they thought about, you know, coming up with something that would, you know, uh, you have at your home, like a quake cube in your home, that a shelter that you will go into that you can do it yourself, whatever. And I said, you know what? Uh, to find traction, you know, try to do a video and put it on TikTok. You know, and using these AI platforms, they were able to, to do it, you know, and have a person that introduces the, 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 the startup, they did the video, you, know, you just type the type of script that you want and it comes up with video, they put out there and in less than a week, they had 500 likes, I don't know how much uh, uh, views, etc. So this is stuff that you couldn't even do, you know, so I think for me, I was super impressed. So you cannot sit down with an entrepreneur that doesn't, that doesn't use these tools, else he will be, you know, obsolete. Because others will use it and go faster. So I think today, 
I mean, yeah, yeah, blockchain and crypto, this is fine. I think this is like, I would say it's a bit of a bag, but the AI, you have to learn and cope with it. And, and because it's, it's amazing, it's amazing. I love it. Uh, who is your hero or mentor and why? Uh, I had one mentor, uh, the guy that brought me in from the academia to the, uh, uh, to the incubation world, you know, and, and I had this epiphany, <laughs> you know, suddenly that, you know, I was in the wrong business at the time. Uh, but I still, I love it because this is my DNA, you know, technology, etc. That's why I'm the president of Internet Society. So it's because, you know, it's my previous world that's taking me there. So uh, my previous life. So, so, voila. so he was the dean of the St. Joseph University. He was a visionary. And I still consider him my, my first and, and, you know, my mentor. Uh, and I always go to him when I come up with a new product because he has a banking and finance as well, uh, mine. So, you know, I sit down with him and, and try to, to, to get a piece of his mind. So, so yeah, well, so uh, he's been my mentor since, I think, 1992. Amazing. Um, all right, we're going to, well, I'm going to ask one more question before we jump into the personal side. What is your favorite investment that you've made to date? Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one. Uh, I, when you say favorite investment, is, is that it means I exited because I, I still don't, I mean, we had a couple of exits in our funds, but uh, I, I didn't, I mean, it's still, we didn't exit the fund completely. So I wouldn't, uh, so I don't have, uh, I, I would say, you know, the best investments that the feel good investments is, you know, this type of bakery that I told you about, you know, it's, it's you, 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 you go and visit and do a side visit and you really fall in love with the story. And it's really, I always tell this story. It's, it's the feel good thing about it. You know, it's, you see things, you witness things and you say, and I told the team, you know, I don't care if the, I don't know, make it happen. You know, whatever it costs, make it happen. I'm going to invest in this. So, so voila, it's, it's this thing that, uh, and, and by the way, I still remember the entrepreneur when I met her, the first encounter, I made her cry the first five minutes because I drilled her with questions and she literally started to cry and she stood up and was going to leave the room. And I said, you don't leave the room. I'm not done yet. You sit down and we're not finished. So, and I ended up going and visiting the site and actually investing in her. So it's, it's these types of, you know, stories that I like to say, even if it was, a, I'm st we still didn't exit it, by the way, and it's still doing good, et cetera, and we wouldn't exit fine, but I don't care. It's the, the doing good part that, uh, you know, uh, uh, is, is for me, it suffice, you know, it's not about just the money. So I'm meeting people and, and making a difference in their lives. And despite the fact that you grill them, it's, it's, uh, they, they come back and they bounce and, you know, uh, they see the value. I love it. All right. We're almost there. Personal questions. Most famous person that pops in your mind. Today, I mean, you know, these great guys, the Steve, the Steve Jobs, the Elon Musk. You know, I always use videos in my class of Steve Jobs. You know, I'm, uh, it's, it's crazy. You know, uh, how he pitches the marketing, you know. So, uh, voila. Uh, I, I still use videos from the late, the late Steve Jobs. He's, he's a legend. Okay. First brand that pops in your mind? Brand. I mean, I have Apple all over me now. 
I have the iPad, the MacBook, the iPhone, you know. So uh, we have this thing in the family with, with this Apple brand, you know. Voilà, so, uh, <laughs> okay. Book or movie? Uh, it depends. Movie. Movie, I would say. Movie. Great. Right. Superman or Batman? Superman. Fortune cookie or birthday cake? Birthday cake. Five minutes with Bezos or Oprah? Five minutes with Bezos? Be Bezos or Oprah? Uh, five minutes with Bezos. Mountain or beach? Oh, come on, Jay. <laughs> 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 no, I mean both, but beach, obviously, you know, <laughs> for yeah. the obvious reasons that you know. <laughs> totally, totally. Bike or run? Bike. Uh, Big Mac or Chicken McNuggets? Neither. <laughs> Done. Neither. But I would say Tro Big Mac. So that's okay. answer. <laughs> Trophy or money? Trophy, trophy. Beer or wine? Wine. Oh, I mean, or... it's I mean, it's a hard question. Come on, little bear. Well, know, they're meant to be hard and quick, but I guess it all kind of varies because, itself out every situation. Hold right? on. I need to be consistent because, I mean, beer at the beach and wine at the mountain, you know. <laughs> but because <laughs> I, I should say beer. <laughs> but, I mean, what <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, TED Talk or book reading? No, book reading. Uh, TikTok or Instagram? Uh, Instagram. I'm not on TikTok or Instagram. Facebook or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Favorite book? Uh, the four-hour week. <laughs> ah, that's a good book, yeah. Uh, favorite sports team? Uh, team? I mean, I'm not into team. Uh, I mean, football, soccer, uh, it's, it used to be the German team uh, when I was a kid. But uh, I'm not into, like, I, I like to watch tennis, you know, these types of uh, individual type of uh, games. For sure. But, Favorite movie and which character would you play in the movie? Favorite movie? Uh, listen, I, I just mentioned, you know, Scent of a Woman from Al Pacino, which is, a, I mean, that's a, it's classic, so it's a great movie. But there are lots of other movies, you know. Uh, but I remember this movie well because, uh, you know, at the time, we didn't have phones, etc. So I used to go and, and you don't have Netflix or you cannot rewatch the movie. So I, I used to go and watch it several times and take notes, you know, uh, you know, when he, when he talks about women and, you know, he describes women. So it's still, you know, touched, touched me. Uh, that Poet Society is another touching movie, you know, uh, from uh, Robin Williams, the late Robin Williams. So again, I watched it like two, three times and I actually took notes, you know, when he talks about uh, the language and, and it's there to woo women, you know, and, and the likes. So, uh, Carpe Diem, you know. So, uh, voila. Uh, which character I would play? I, I, don't, I, 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 I wish I could. <laughs> I'm not that of an actor. Uh, you put me on the spot here. Um, yeah, I think because I, going back to my teacher's route, uh, it's it's uh, the, uh, I mean, that boy society, Robin Williams, you know, this, in, you know, conveying, because I, I like to, to, to teach, you know, I've been doing that for the past 30 years. Uh, I, I, I love it. And, and by the way, 
I will, I, when you finish the questions, I will, I will give you something more personal. So I'm waiting for it. the end of the question. All right, we're almost there. What's the meaning of success to you? Uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, do, do, I mean, do you succeed, uh, in your life or do you succeed your life? You know, do, do you succeed your life? So it's more about, uh, 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 it's, it's, I, I think it's, it's, uh, having, uh, a successful life, you know, it's, uh, uh, being content and, um, not having anything to prove, you know, it's, it's, and, and being humble and, not having anything to prove, you know, it's, uh, well, it's, it's uh, this is what it is today for me. I don't have anything to prove. I never had anything to prove. Uh, voila. So this for me is, is being humble and, you know, do your thing. And what is your superpower? Uh, <laughs> it's, I don't, I, I don't have a superpower, but I think it's about, you know, uh, uh, maybe, maybe, sharing my passion, you know, and, 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 and trying to, uh, you know, every day, every day I sit down with the team and try to teach them something, you know, either a movie that I saw or, uh, you know, a joke or, you know, uh, because there's like a generation gap between me and them that, I mean, the second youngest in my team difference is 12 years. So there's like half a generation. So I always, Every day when I sit with them and maybe I have lunch sometimes and get to get to it's, it's to you know try to tell them something new that I'm sure they don't know because you know there's this gap so it's it's about this. I love it. Well, I also would add in that I think your superpower is also bringing people and innovation and people and innovation ideas together. So I think you're you're very good at tying people together and, and getting them to think forward. So you're building a really amazing base of uh, minds that are helping build out a country. So I think there's a lot of good things and I'm sure your teaching background really helps bring that all together. So I'm going to say that we're, we're at the end of our segment and we're at the end of our talk. Uh, I want to thank you, Nicholas, for joining us because it's been phenomenal discussion. Um, way we like to finish our show is we like to give you the last word. So anything that you want to share to the investor community, to the startup community, uh, I turn it over to you to share that. Please also share how people can get in contact with you. But again, thank you very much for all your time today. It was fantastic to get to learn more about your background and all the things that uh, you're building through. Yeah, thank you for having me, uh, uh, JP. Uh, so, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, Insta, and Ruhana, N-R-O-U-H-A-N-A. So, I mean, you can reach me with the same handle on Twitter uh, and, and Instagram and, and LinkedIn even Facebook. So, uh, so voila, so this is to, to, to reach out. Uh, and the last thing is, I mean, it's, it's, uh, we're here to stay. I mean, if I'm talking to my fellow Lebanese startups or, uh, investors, so we need to stay. And so any help would help. Huh? Uh, and, and, and for the foreign, I mean, uh, investors that are looking for opportunities, as I said, we have this today, this solar opportunity that we have in Lebanon, we, there's a huge demand. Uh, for to install solar and there is no access to finance. So this is low-hanging fruit for investment and financing on, in this sector that is low risk, as I explained in my, in my talk. I love it. Thank you very much again for your time today. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Jeff, and uh, hope to see you soon. Good luck.
Well, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible what uh, Nicholas has gone through just being in a country that has so many changes happening, different valuations in currency, and, and how they've had to not only manage themselves, but manage the companies that they invested in work with. And uh, kudos for all of that. And, and I love some of the points you made, especially on keeping it cool and being able to have that mindset that's able to balance all of these changes that are going on. And he was sharing with me earlier that there are a bunch of different things that he does uh, he's a DJ, he's picked up bread making, like there's a lot of things that he's done to also balance out um, uh, the different types of uh, engagements that he has to kind of keep diversifying, growing, learning and teaching himself while being able to participate and network and help uh, the economy and the companies that are in that economy uh, get to a better spot. Uh, so fantastic and uh, really, really an amazing uh, a conversation um, and a big fan of, uh, of course, um, everything that uh, Nicholas has been able to build and do over time. So uh, pretty amazing. So thank you everyone for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please feel free to share with your friends, subscribe to our YouTube channel and or please follow us on Spotify, Apple and or Stitcher. Feel free to share an audio clip around our show. We may include it in one of our future podcasts. You can find or follow us at marketing at open people network or on LinkedIn at Supporters Fund. Your support comments are truly appreciated. Please visit us at supportersfund.com or startup events at openpeoplenetwork.com. Thank you and have a fantastic day.